This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper live at State Farm Center where Illinois just crushed Arkansas State 92-53. to What do you know? You add Andre Crabelle and Trent Frazier to the mix and this is much better, more aesthetically pleasing basketball. <laughs> Andre Crabelle in the first couple minutes, some highlight reel dishes to Coleman Hawkins and to Omar Payne. Uh, and then Trent Frazier just put on a defensive clinic, as he is wont to do. And uh, Coleman Hawkins, Jacob Grandison, and the crew continue to play really, really well. Um, but this was just a, a route, Derek, and it looked like the number 11 team in the country. And, oh, there's the All-American center still sitting on the bench. So this felt pretty good, I, I would imagine, for Illini fans and for that uh, Illinois team. It had to in a game where you thought you could get challenged a little bit, and I, I'll even admit I had a humble brag after game one, and this one, Samsonite, I was way off. Uh, that was, I did not see that one coming in terms of a near 40-point blasting. Your uh, record is still way better than my football yeah. record, so I, I'm, I'm about to George Costanza my football <laughs> stuff and just go what I'm, uh, with the opposite of what I'm thinking. Fair enough, fair enough. But, yeah, I mean, you, you insert those guys in the mix in the backcourt, and you see obviously the value that they both have, and, and really – Early on in the game, it plays out on both ends where Curbelo is just throwing guys open like a high-level quarterback. And he just makes the game so much easier for each guy in that role. Like Hawkins on the fast break is running the floor, and anybody else playing point guard may not see him uh, you know, all the way down the court to lo- throw that on-point lob for, for a dunk. And uh, Omar Payne gets a slam because they try to cheat off a little bit and stop him from getting the lane because he's so f- darn fast. But you do that, and uh, that's an easy dump off to the big man and a dunk, and then a dump off behind his head. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> which is just the style points are, are awesome. And at the other end with Trent, I mean Desi Sills, you talk about the fact of a lot of attention on him being an Arkansas transfer, someone that played significant minutes on an Elite Eight team, and. Uh, Trent just completely shut the water off, as they like to say, uh, with him. And uh, I mean, Brad said, "Steal." He steals guys' souls. Uh, in terms of, that's what it feels like. Like, man, trying to be a mortal combat. Right? Your soul is mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's going on with Trent. So um, both those guys, a lot of credit to them. Coleman Hawkins just is all over the floor and just yeah. continues to play with such activity and confidence and. You just go on down the list, and I know that maybe a guy or two that you're still hoping to get a little bit more out of, Omar Payne being one of those guys. But for the most part, you just got such great contributions from each player, and they were so intense on the glass, defensively just overwhelmed Arkansas State. And there was a little bit of a moment there in mid-first half, right before the technicals, where it was getting a little close and thought it might be a a battle. But after that, they just completely pressed the gas, and it it was all dust from there. Yeah, uh, I want to bring up that part of it, but um, the uh, technical part of it, because it got interesting, and then Andre Corbello just uh, added some fuel to that fire after the post game and actually talked about what was happening on that bench. So we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, but Brad Underwood has to be so happy, Derek, about 
his defense the last two games. Um, he was talking about in the preseason, like, we have to be tougher. We will defend at some point. Um, he talked about that, and it seems to have gotten through. I think the first game, as he said, this team knew it had to defend uh, to win that game without you know three best offensive players, Corbello, Frazier, and, and, and Kofi Coburn. Now Coleman Hawkins is in, definitely in that group, but you know three guys who were proven they had to defend, and they were tough throughout that game. Even the freshmen, I thought, really got after it. Tonight, you add Curbelo, who's just dazzling to start this game. You get up 18-4. to You let up a little bit defensively as they went on a run. But then the rest of the game, Derek, it was just a clinic. And no matter who you're playing, you played two Division One teams, you've had 100 points in those two games combined. Um, that, that's a good sign earlier in, early on that they're locked in now. They go to Marquette. They're going to make some of those shots that Arkansas State didn't. They're going to make some of the, the buckets around the hoop. They're going to be tougher to defend. And the same thing when you go out to Kansas City. But I, I think that's probably where Brad Hunterwood is most encouraged after these first two games. Don't look now, but on Ken Palm, you're number one in the country in defensive efficiency. <laughs> now, a, a decent amount of that is based on projection and just where they started. I think they started number two going into the season. But obviously, the, the first two showings is, have only upped that. Uh, so this is a team that has a lot of potential at that end. And I do think that the added length is definitely something that is certainly noticeable. And Coleman playing the four, I mean, he's ability to come help side and block shots is really, really impressive. Had four blocks tonight, and uh, that's just in addition to guys on the perimeter like Trent and DeMonte and uh, Curbelo's got the quickness to stay in front of guys, uh, that a lot of ability uh, defensively, and, and we're not even talking about Kofi, who's a big reason why you uh, were top 20 in the country, defensive rebounding percentage, and also you know not allowing a high percentage of two-point field goals as well. So you, you're going to add him into the mix. But uh, yeah, Brad's got to be thrilled just kind of with the with the effort tonight at that end, the, the emphasis that he's placed going into the season defensively and, and knows that that's a huge key for consistency, which has been uh, a big part of their, their run of success the last couple of years. When you, when you can defend, you can win consistently night in, night out. And uh, for them to go where they want to go, that's, that's what it's going to take. And I think Underwood, if he watches the player post game, I asked those guys, like, what do you need to bring up Marquette? And Curbelo just had defense, defense, defense. Uh, we know we have to, to win a national championship, we have to guard. Uh, and that has to sound good, especially coming from him, right? The guy who really didn't buy into that early on in his career, and then by the end of last year was good defensively. He looked pretty good defensively along with Trent uh, tonight. Let's get into this. One of the most interesting parts of this game is it was 30-20, to 20 and there was chirping, and Curbelo was chirping with the Arkansas State bench, and someone, he said, was speaking Spanish to him and saying some swear words and apparently things about his mother. And he kept chirping, and they said, and the coaches even said, he's going to pass, he doesn't shoot, he can't shoot, something like that. And Curbelo finally made a layup, blows a kiss, gets a technical. Brad Underwood then goes after their bench, the Arkansas State bench, says he's uh, sticking up for his guy. He did take Curbelo off the court and kind of punished him for the rest of the half, sitting him. But uh, that was really interesting. And then... From that point, okay, Arkansas State made four free throws in a row. Illinois cruised the rest of the game, Derek. It was 30-24 to 24 at that point. They blew it open after that. So um, whether that was Brett Underwood planned or not, uh, his team just went off after that. So they, emotionally, they were just locked in. 
Yeah, it was a challenge, and the team rose up and, and obviously rallied at that point in time. And Curbelo is definitely—I mean, he has the flair, he has the confidence on the court, and I mean, he's not afraid to, to talk some trash and uh, to, to chirp back. And, and there was—it was noticeable. That, uh, there was some back and forth there, and, and he said, "All right, he's not a scorer." And he said, "All right, I guess it's time for me to score." <laughs> he goes to the rim. He did miss two free throws and getting fouled, but yeah, the blow kiss and. Uh, Underwood was upset at the refs because he'd even mentioned earlier on, pointed out that, hey, their coach, their assistant is is chirping at our guys and you guys got to get that under control. And they never said anything to that bench or or made that stop. So he was upset about that, upset about maybe not giving a double tech in in that sense. But yeah, from that point forward, it, it really just ignited Illinois and I mean, a team that whether it's been with Michigan, with Iowa, some of these these spats, this extra extra fuel has been something that they've certainly shown that they can utilize and channel in the right in the right way. Yeah, I just thought eighteen to two the rest of the half. Illinois had the advantage there, so they don't mind being hated. Like they've, they've talked about that, and and they get under opponent's skin, and when other people try to get under their skin, they seem to do a pretty good job of uh, just kind of reacting well to it and responding. So I don't know why, as, as Kerbella said, why poke the bear? <laughs> I don't know why you do that with uh, one Andre Kerbella on the court tonight. I do want to get to a couple other things here. Uh, we got to mention Jacob Grandison, man. Like He is playing really good basketball. He's got 35 points in the first two games of the season. Ridiculous efficiency doing it. Really active on the glass. Six rebounds tonight. I feel like we overlook him uh, in, in the media. Sometimes fans obviously do because... I mean, you got Andre Cabell, you got Kofi Coburn, and you have Trent Frazier and, and Demonte Williams, these super seniors who kind of built this thing. And then you have a, a breakout guy in Coleman Hawkins that's so exciting. But Jacob Grandison just does his job well, it seems like, every night, Derek. 23, 24-year-old guy that's yeah. just super experienced and seasoned and someone that definitely buys into the culture and uh, has shown that – He's not a an ego guy. He doesn't need to take you know eight ten shots in a game to feel like he's impacting or that he's being involved. And uh, someone that's definitely you know eager to go to the glass and uh, likes to make a, a pass. You know, I think his vision is really good. I know you tweeted this out, and we should talk about it. like there's a lot of good passers on this team. Yeah. Grandison's definitely one of those, and has shown some like off the dribble, uh, off the dribble pull up game, or just doing more offensively. Where last year it was mostly just kicking out to three, and I mean he was a very efficient spot-up shooter shot 40-plus percent from three. But if he can add a little bit more, and he's, he's showing that. I know that Brad has talked about expanding his game. I think part of what he's discussing is just that, okay, if they're going to close out hard, he can put it on the deck and either make a pass or, or shoot that jump shot. So we've some, seen some of that early. And, I mean, he doesn't get the love that he deserves, but that's part of what some really, really good teams have. They have their stars, but then they have the DeMonte Williams, the Jacob Grandison, and uh, that's a huge, huge bonus. He's the kind of guy that hits a big shot in some Big Ten game, and somebody's like, who? I guess the opponent, the opposing fans, would be like, that guy beat us? And he is so efficient. I know it's two lower-level opponents, but 63% shooting, 3 of 7 from 3, and the guy doesn't miss free throws. He's missed one free throw in his two years here at Illinois. 8 for 8 so far this season. Well, Coleman Hawkins, that was the one issue tonight. He was uh, 7 for 13. He mentioned it in the postgame. But Coleman, man, 15 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, five blocks, five steals through two games, seven assists. He does have seven turnovers, so the turnovers have been a little bit high. He's one of those great passers. 
he's doing a little bit of everything, Derek. And I am, you got to be so pumped for him. It's two nights in a row where he's set career highs in points, rebounds, assists. Uh, he's tied his career high for blocks or set his career high for blocks tonight. I can't wait to see him in the next couple games. I'm really interested to see how does this carry over? Is he this impactful when you're playing Marquette, when you're playing, um, you know, Arkansas potentially, obviously Cincinnati before that in Kansas City. But, man, you can't help but be encouraged and really excited about the possibility and everything he adds to your team, everything you've been missing at that forward position, he's bringing it. For a guy that played six minutes a game last year, it's crazy. I mean, uh, I think you looked in the offseason and said, okay, he can shoot the three better than what he did last year, but did you expect him to be this impactful on the glass? Of course, it's teams that you've played that are still fairly undersized. Like They, they had a good big man, and Omir, or Omir uh, had you know, 6'7", 235, but he fouled out and was very non-impactful. But Coleman had five offensive rebounds just in the first half, and that turned into multiple opportunities, whether he was going to put it back or had a nice dish to, to Grandison underneath. And just his energy and, and the fact that, I mean, with his length, it's it's easy. With the length and the motor and the, the way that he moves, it's easy to make it seem like he's all over the floor, which he, he actually is, um, defensively blocking shots, like I said. And he is just that piece at the four that is what – what they've needed, what they've talked about for what we've talked about for many years is a stretch four and uh, a good matchup for longer teams, bigger teams, more athletic teams. I mean, he brings all that to the table. So uh, it is something that we're going to have to see continue to progress against higher level of competition. But in terms of confidence or just kind of his feel on the court, it couldn't, have, couldn't be any better than you, what you're seeing right now. Oh, he ain't lacking confidence. Like, at some point, you know, like Brad knows, like, you know, Coleman had this one bad stretch in the game. There was just like a minute stretch where he got beat twice defensively, had a turnover. Uh, but then he had a, a minute where he had two blocks, had an unbelievable pass to Jacob Grandison uh, for an easy two, uh, and, and then had another nice really uh, – if he scored on something. But, like, he's just – playing that role extremely well and he's got this confidence and he brings a lot of energy uh, to this team and at that length and at that skill set uh, it can just take this team to another level. He even had a, a left wing iso like he broke down his guy got into the lane kicked it to Jake for the corner yeah. three like 6'10", 6'11", that's that's pretty impressive. I mean that's stuff NBA scouts notice like I, I mean it's probably premature in the offseason to talk about him as a first round pick but like He's got a skill set that is going to really intrigue the NBA if he continues to do this kind of stuff against a higher level competition. Uh, one of the best stats from him tonight, 10 fouls drawn. And some of that is effort on the glass, right? A lot of effort on the glass and then just creating some offense. Like he can get to the free throw line and that's why he can't shoot 10 to 17 from free throws like he has so far this year. And you know, Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk has brought down their field free throw percentage. Uh, Corbello, two for four. He's had some ruts sometimes at the free throw. So they got to be better at that. They're 63% so far this season. But uh, I would expect Coleman Hawkins to be better because he's, he's a pretty good shooter. So I would expect that to go up. Um, let's bring up Omar Payne if we want to go some, some question marks. On the, on the floor for seven minutes tonight because he couldn't not foul. Um, too quick, I think he had all defensive fouls, I believe it was, um, and just not very good fouls for Omar Payne. It's just he's not able to stay on the court right now, not rebounding very much, but even uh, he, can, he can get some blocks there, he can get some easy dunks off of Curbelo, um, but just haven't seen much from him so far. 
You haven't. Yeah, he had an early stretch there where he forced a turnover where Omir dribbled it out of bounds because he held his position and then got a dunk. But after mm -hmm. that, it was it was fouls, like you said. It was it was boss man that had a couple of illegal screens. Yeah. It was Omar that was fouling at the defensive end. And just to look on the box score and see such a low number in the rebounding category each and every night for him, I know he's not getting the minutes to maybe get more opportunity for that. But, I mean, even against Jackson State, what did he play? 17 minutes, had three rebounds. And tonight he played seven and only had one. When you look down the line and, and Luke Goody had five times as many rebounds as, as Omar did. And, and we talked about it, the fact of we were sitting here after another game saying Bossman played more than him, Bossman was more impactful. That would be concerning. I mean, there's something to be said for Bossman providing something, but right now for Omar, for a guy that's this is his third year at the high major level, it's it's not there yet. I mean, I'd ask you at what point would you be overly concerned? I mean, it is still early, but... Yeah, I, I mean, I'm concerned um, because it, it doesn't seem like a talent thing. It's clearly not a talent thing um, because there are flashes, Derek, where it's like, you have to, like, Bossman's Verdon, let's bring it up, okay? Eight points, ten rebounds. This kid is making the most of his time, and what you like about him is you can just count on him to be in the right spot and to do the right thing. He's 6'8", 240. He doesn't have a 7'6 wingspan. He doesn't leap through a gym, right? Like, he can't dunk like Omar Payne, so when he gets the ball in the post against high major opponents, he's going to, Bossman's Verdonk's going to struggle to finish. Omar Payne can just get off the floor and dunk it before somebody else even jumps. Um, so you need him at some point to break through because as much as this is great with Bossman's Verdonk averaging, I'm, I'm looking up his stats right now in the season, he's averaging 10 rebounds per game um, with how many points? I can't find Six and a half. Six and a half points per game and 10 rebounds. All right, that's awesome. Like, how, how cool is it to see this kid doing this? I don't expect him to continue to do that. Like, if I want to play Bossman's Verdonk for five minutes or ten minutes against a big physical team like Purdue, sure. I, I think you can handle that um, knowing he can give me rebounds, he can give me solid defense, and hopefully he doesn't set illegal screens. Um, Omar Payne is a different level of, of ceiling that I think this team needs. So, I don't know, level of concern, one to ten. I wouldn't be at like an eight yet, but I'd be five. Yeah, I'd be five just because it's like he's had an off season with this this group, and you know Brad wants reliability, good defense. Following five times on defense in seven minutes is not good defense. It's not. No, definitely not. Um, you do get still two months until the back to back against Purdue and Michigan. So <laughs> if, if there's some time there for him to to figure it out, and you know if, if Kofi wasn't here, obviously the the concern would be at an eight, probably yeah. maybe a little bit, you know, in that in that range. But uh, it's something you're just gonna wanna you wanna see more from him. And you know, his boss man, like you said, against legit length that Marquette's gonna have, or you know, athleticism that Arkansas is probably likely gonna have. Is he gonna be able to do some of these things? But the thing with boss man is. I said it last time, and the same thing. Like, he is going to the to the paint on a rebound to hit somebody yes. and to and to be physical, show show his frame and pull in a, in a board. And he knows who he is now. Yeah, right. He does. Yeah. And Omar is just kind of sometimes he's just kind of out there. He's floating. Yeah. He floats a little bit. And I think when Brad talks about the toughness, I, I think he was speaking partly to Omar, right? And, and that's where Omar and Alfonso Plummer got to get used to this. It's a different team they need them to play different roles let's bring up Alfonso Plummer three of ten tonight two of seven from three I'm not concerned about him as a shooter I, I tweeted it during the game and I told you Derek I go even when he misses his shots look good because it's not like they clank off anything they kind of roll around the rim and come out 
right? Like it's like, oh, that was so close to going in. Um, he had two turnovers tonight. He's not a guy I want putting it on the floor and, and trying to create for others. I know he had four assists last game, but um, I, I just don't think that's his game. He's getting the corner, get at the top of the key, come off a screen. I'd like him. I, I kind of want him to run more actions for him just to get him going a little bit. He will have a breakout game where he's going to score 12 to 15 points, hit four or five threes, and really be a boost for them. So, I mean, eight points for, on, for Alfonso Plummer off the bench, you'll take it. You want him to be a little bit more efficient. Defensively is where he's going to struggle, and I think we knew that. And Brad Underwood get, got on him tonight about some defensive things tonight. He's just late on a lot of things. Uh, he's got to stay locked in there because – he, to stay on the court with Trent Frazier, Andre Crabelle, DeMonte Williams, um, you're going to have to play some defense. Like they're going to, he's going to play because he can, he can score, but he's got to focus a little bit more on that end as well. Yeah, there's still one, two, three times each game. It seems like you can hear Brad like mumbling or not so mumbling <laughs> about Plummer's defense and giving up a, a basket or getting beat on a blow by. Uh, and then I think offensively, you're, like you said, there, there's not much of a concern. And while there, there was moments tonight where Trent's in the corner for a wide open three, where uh, Grandison's doing the same thing. If that's Plummer, he's going to hit those shots. He's going to have plenty of those opportunities throughout the season. And, and last year he was 95th, 96th percentile catch and shoot. Like that's his game. And I agree. Like we talked about that a little bit early on with Adam Miller, like wanting to run some things for him. And I think they, they do have that in their arsenal, and they, they will get to that at some point. Um, I'm not worried about offensively. Defensively, he's going to have to be a little bit more trustworthy. I think he's probably going to end up a six to nine point a game guy, right? Like, I mean, Miller was most nights. It's like he's not going to get in the double digits because you have all these other guys. And now Coleman being a scorer, Grandison uh, is so efficient. Um, they just need him to have a couple possessions where, you know, he's really good offensively. But to do that, he's got to, you know, be more solid defensively. I don't know if he'll ever be great on that end. Let's talk about the freshman. I think we're seeing the same things. It's kind of nice to see some consistency uh, early on, including these exhibition games where Luke Goody, man, like he just gets it. He just gets it. Four points tonight, five rebounds. I think both of his, uh, he had two free throws and then had, had a putback, I believe it was. But five rebounds, three on the offensive end. Like Brad Underwood is just saying he's going to have Luke Goody's freshman highlight reel at some point for every freshman wing who comes in and says, this is how you get on the court. You play solid defense. He forced a turnover uh, on a tra- on a out-of-bounds play because he had a good closeout. Uh, he takes smart shots. He doesn't try to do too much. And then the R.J. Melendez, man, there's things that he does skill-wise and length-wise that – that really gets you excited. Like he had a highlight dunk uh, in transition. Brandon Pajimski did a nice uh, dump off pass to him, but there was a pass he made on the interior that was really good. And then he one on one created some offense and, and finished around the rim. And he's been a little bit better defensively in the early going um, than than I thought he would be. So I think there's been really good signs from both those guys. I think Goody's the guy who's going to play. Uh, R.J. Melendez though can get some minutes at some point this year just because he's different than everybody. Right, and with Goody from an intangible standpoint and just the trust in the coach already so early, it's similar to DeMonte when DeMonte was a freshman. 
course, more advanced as a shot maker, and there's there's uh, more length to him as well. But uh, certainly in terms of like Brad's trust in him throwing him out there, and, and like you said with RJ, I think Goody's been a little bit better defensively. He's going to get tested more as you go forward, but uh, there there have been some moments where he's closed out well or just been in the right position. And that's kind of the thing with him is just instinct. Instinct-wise, he knows where to be. He knows when to go to the glass, and he's playing with a lot of effort. And RJ, I mentioned after you know last game, it kind of reminds me of Coleman as a freshman, like yeah. just the the length, the the physical tools, and if he gets stronger, it's going to happen for him. And this is the value of blowing out a team like Arkansas State of getting him on the floor for you know seven and a half, eight minutes, and allowing him to have a fast break dunk that probably makes him feel good, yeah. build some confidence, and uh, just allowing him to build on that versus you know if you're in more of a tighter battle and not allowing him to, to do that. Yeah, um, I just I just think it's it's been encouraging to see what those guys are doing. All right, Derek. There was a big recruiting thing happening here at the State Farm Center tonight. So let's take a quick break. We come back. Let's chat about that because uh, it seems like it's a pretty big deal. That's next on the Online Enquirer podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, Derek, we learned about halftime that uh, a big-time visitor uh, was here at the State Farm Center. Illinois has two guys committed in the class of 2022, or signed now, Jaden Epps and uh, Sincere Harris. And the one guy we think could still sign (laughs) potentially in the next couple days before the early signing period is done is Ty Rogers. And lo and behold, he's front row tonight, four-star wing, top 60 prospect, Ty Streets, the Mean Streets head coach, Thornton head coach, his coach for both the AAU programs and now his high school coach is there with him. This seems like a pretty good sign here on November 12th um, before the November 17th end of the early signing period. Pretty encouraging when it's signing week and you have that guy in the building. I would think that's a pretty good sign. And there was some angst, the fact that he went back to East Lansing here a couple of weeks ago to visit for the MSU-Michigan football game. And it had been, uh, you know, two months since he had taken his official in Champaign. And that was, uh, he had visited East Lansing since then and then went back for an unofficial. So you wondered if that was a a telltale sign about maybe where things were trending late. But uh, it sounded like, as we've talked about, Illinois' confidence is still pretty high in that. And then to get him in the building is is pretty important, certainly, and to have him see that. And I know that he was in the locker room at halftime and after the game as well and being around the team. Uh, that, that's certainly good. I mean, I don't know that the fax machine maybe didn't work at Thornton. He had to <laughs> hand deliver it, but I'm not saying that's happening. But uh, it is interesting. And I talked to Ty Streets. Ty Rogers a guy that's very low-key with his recruitment, doesn't like doing interviews. Uh, and I'll have that update online. I inquire. I'm not going to share everything. There but uh, 
the timeline is still to be determined. I'll, I'll say that. And Ty just was very excited to be uh, and talking to him about Tim, like excited to see Tim at this spot at Illinois and happy for him. And said, he's like, I haven't been in this building in, in a long time. And I asked him since when he said, probably since I was bringing Kendrick Nunn down here. Wow. So it's been a long time, certainly. And, and Ty Rogers to be able to get him out of Michigan. And obviously it's clear that Michigan state wants him, what that would mean. And then his fit, you and I, before we hit record on this, can you think about in the future him and Coleman Hawkins, just the versatility of the the length and the skill at the forward positions would be pretty exciting. And you think about how he compliments R.J. Melendez and Luke Goody, right? Like Luke Goody's doing dirty things now, and it's great, but like Ty Rogers is a better athlete, bigger, can be even more physical. Melendez, long athlete. You think about having three six foot seven wings like that, um, along with the guards you're going to have. Carbello, I don't know if he'll be here another year, but if he is, him, Jade Nepps, and Sear Harris. Um, obviously, the big man is, is a question mark, but man, you just, so many different pieces, Derek, that. I like, and Brad always says that, I want different guys. I don't want the same pieces and all these versatile different pieces. I mean, Brandon Punjimski is different than all the guards I, I just mentioned. So um, I, I just think they're doing a really good job of roster construction. If you can add Ty Rogers, um, you'd all of a sudden vault from number 38 in the country in the recruiting class to number 17 in the country. From number eight, I think, in the Big Ten, nine in the Big Ten, to number five uh, in the Big Ten. So that's before even the spring. So that would be that'd be a huge addition if they can close this out. Of course, Michigan State, um, you know, he's got ties in Michigan, grew up there. Dang, pretty dang good program there as well, but Illinois has been better here recently. So they definitely have that to sell and, and now playing uh, in-state here for Ty Streets, who is so uh, close to Tim Anderson. And that's a good thing to have that Mean Streets connection because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Derek, but that's where all these St. Rita kids are playing. And yes. you got Marez Johnson already. James Brown would be a, another heck of a get in the class of 2024. Like Mean Streets is is a very strong program right now. It'd be great to catch the momentum in terms of that program and, and get on a nice run there. And yeah, thinking back to July, even in, you know, as you're down the home stretch of the AAU period and you here's some talks about certain players as you're you know out with coaches and it was like you know Ty Rogers is as high on Brad's list in terms of want as you possibly could but why like, is that why is that by the way? it's because of his I mean he's a tough sucker like he is tough as heck super versatile uh, but he is they think is one of the best two-way players and that's that's the thing that really stands out to them one of the best two-way players in the class because he's super long and he's very physical, just willing to do anything in terms of rebounding, you know, physicality inside. Uh, but he also has more offensively. Like, he played a, a role spot on Mean Streets because he's playing with Jalen Washington and A.J. Casey and uh, Cam Kraft, who was a, a flat-out bucket getter. Uh, offensively, he can – I mean, the, the three-point shot is maybe the one thing that he needs to improve, but he, he can do some things off the dribble. I mean, when you have a crazy long wingspan, when you're six foot six, six foot seven, uh, that's something that you definitely value. But the, the talk was, you know, Brad loves him, but probably going to Michigan or Michigan State. And at that time, Tim wasn't, I think, official. Uh, and they were even like, you know, when there were there was talk about Tim maybe coming on, it's like, I don't know, it might be too late. Well, if Tim can make up that ground and Illinois can make up that ground, like that's that would be saying a heck of a lot for again a guy that. Michigan State desperately wants and pair him with 
with Epps and Sincere yep. Harrison, that'd be a hell of a trio. Yeah, and you're talking about, hey, you got to keep pace top the Big Ten. Michigan keeps loading up. Ohio State's recruiting really, really well. And Indiana is recruiting really, really well under Mike Woodson so far with, the, you know, having a good staff there. So uh, that'd be big. I, I don't think we've asked you on the podcast, Eric, about Merez Johnson quite yet. This is weird. Like, we were, you were still almost in high school the last time. Uh, you might have been when Illinois got a sophomore in high school to commit. That was Tracy Abrams. Just kind of took me by surprise um, when you had somebody that young so early in this process commit. But it's also a very, very encouraging sign for, for Illinois basketball to, to get somebody who's that highly thought of that has such a high ceiling at a position that is very difficult to get, right? right? That four position, um, pretty encouraging for Illinois. Yeah, Tracy was as old as some of the guys covering the team when he was <laughs> six-year senior or whatever it might have been. But, yeah, certainly something in recruiting as we follow it very closely that doesn't happen nearly as often as it used to, you know, back in the Bruce Weber era. And Jeremy Richmond was another one that freshman in high school. Yeah, he's the third class of 2024 kid to commit. There's only three in our database Man. at 24-7. Uh, one to Ohio State, by the way, and now one to Illinois. Yeah, and I wrote about it earlier in the fall, and we, we've talked about it, just taking advantage of the opportunity that the program has to sell itself uh, with the wins they had last year, with Iowa and the NBA, with the team that they're projected to have this year. And to cre credit this staff, like, this was as impressive of a run of visits, I think, this fall as they've had, in particular guys with, with in-state ties, whether it's guys like Merez Johnson, James Brown, J.J. Taylor, who was in the state at the time, uh, or guys that had already left with, you know, Kylan Boswell and Jeremy Fears, and they got all those guys on campus this fall, and uh, there was hope that they could they could make something happen or, you know, get some momentum going off of that, and it wouldn't just be, well, we'll, we'll see you in the spring when you're out on the circuit. So to get Merez, who's really tight with James Brown, James Brown left the Macarvin fire to go play with Mean Streets, you know, here going forward so that he can play with his teammate year-round, and uh, that says a lot for when those two guys are the top two sophomores in the class, and no, just Andrusitis from Lamont is probably maybe even number three and another Mean Streets guy uh, that's a, a wing that people are excited about coming up here. So uh, that means a lot. And, I mean, you went and saw Merez, or at least you talked to him in person. I mean, he looks the part. Oh, I, yeah. And I, I saw him with, with Mean Streets some this summer, and he's just very athletic, maybe needs to continue to add skill, which – uh, and talking to his coach, you know, starting to shoot the three some, starting to put the ball on the floor more, uh, but just – Activity around the basket, you know, can finish above the rim, looks the part, and I know he's young, but a lot to like about his upside. Yeah, six eight, seven two wingspan. Uh, I believe Roshan Russell, is a St. Rita coach, told me, and uh, the skill thing, I'm, I'm not as concerned about at this point. It seems like he's developing that, and it's not like it's bad at this point. But the one thing I love hearing about him, and the one thing I would understand Brad Underwood loves, is he's got motor. Like he's, he plays with some physicality, plays with some toughness. And especially for big men, front court players, I think that is so important. Because if you do that stuff on top of the skill um, and the top of your length and athleticism, like that, that can be a difference of how good you can be. Yeah, and there's some guys who think that as he progresses and as he does add to that game with the motor, with the physicality, which is kind of the – the, the natural gifts that he has, that he has a chance to challenge for, you know, top 25 spot, maybe even a, a five-star rank. He's going to have to earn that. But, yeah, I mean, he, he physically is really impressive. He plays super hard. Uh, and, I mean, I know I, I mentioned some things he can add to his game. He's played one year of high school basketball. He's about to play three <laughs> more years. He's got some time. 
here. And I mean, hey, if in the meantime you can progress his game and also go out on the on the trail for you and, and yep. put some some words in people's ear about Illinois, I mean, that's that's all the better. Yeah, and and uh, Roshan told Merez like you could get the blue bloods of the world. Like Baylor was calling about him. Um, some other obviously big time programs are starting to talk to to St. Rita about their guys and. And he decided, oh, I, didn't, I don't need that. I got to Illinois. And, and they mentioned Io DeSumo has helps. It, it, it doesn't make the recruitment, but, I mean, Io DeSumo obviously helped Illinois win, which now that makes them a little bit cooler, right? Um, but also Io DeSumo showed that you don't have to go somewhere else. Not that he had Kansas and North Carolina pounding on his door, but he went to Illinois, became an All-American, became an NBA draft pick, and now he's – hitting threes at Golden State tonight for the Chicago Bulls, like in a rookie season as a second-round pick. So that development part, I, I think, is really helping uh, Illinois sell this because Corbello looks like he can be a draft pick. We know they've developed Kofi more than a lot of guys ranked above him. Um, that's a pretty good sell, especially now that you got Tim Anderson in Chicago with good connections. Yeah, Io has a ton of respect in the city of Chicago and the basketball community, you know, even before getting drafted in the NBA, before going to the Bulls, and that just amplifies. And the fact that he's making an impact early on just completely adds to it. And, yeah, I mean, the fact that he came in and wasn't some kind of surefire one-and-done, which I know he wasn't a one-and-done, but he was in that – you know, 25 to 30 range as far as a ranking and just can continue to get better, continue to add to his game, which was easy to see, not only like watching him play, but his numbers increased. And uh, Io also has glowing reviews and isn't shy in talking about Illinois, talking about Brad Underwood. Uh, and he was on the biggest stage in college basketball. He was the Bob Cousy Award winner, first team All-American. And oh, by the way, you know, I know that there was talk about Merez and wanting his, his dad and his, his family to be able to see him play. Like, Io's family, where we're sitting right now, was just down there, like every home every game, game, and a chance for just the family to live that experience with Io. Um, that's got to be something that Illinois is putting in, in their ear, those in the state, and, and I'm sure that Io and the DeSumo family are still talking about that up in Chicago. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking about this too, like Aaron Jordan. I always remember his dad, rest in peace, like always here, like always, like that, that's got to be worth a lot um, to, to some people. So uh, Illinois doesn't have a lot of Illinois kids. Like Joe Hendrickson wrote about this right now, but uh, they haven't needed them because they've been so good, but obviously they've gotten some ones that made a big impact. Adam Miller, uh, Io DeSumo. And Mraz Johnson could maybe be that that next one. Uh, no shot to Brandon Lieb, who actually got yeah. some some solid minutes tonight. All right, we got to get out of here before midnight uh, here at the State Farm Center. Uh, but thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. A lot of content coming up. All of my player grades later tonight. Uh, Derek Piper will have that interview with Ty Streets about Ty Rogers. We'll also have some takeaways from this game of Mraz Johnson's story later this weekend as well. Uh, Joey Wagner has a story on uh, the basketball. Uh, team thinking they're starting to become guard you, which I can't argue with. I mean, we saw two guards tonight uh, who were pretty good for Illinois. So check out Illini Enquirer over the weekend. Thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a rating review uh, wherever you get your podcast. Give us a follow as well. But everybody take care of each other. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. CBS Sunday. 
You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.